The halacha is, as we have seen a number of times, that one can only do things on Yom Tov for the sake of food if he needs it for Yom Tov itself. Now what happens if somebody has eaten all of his meals of Yom Tov, he doesn't need any more meat for Yom Tov, but he sees that one of the animals which he owns is very close to dying. Now an animal which dies without having been slaughtered in a correct way is known as a nevela, and it is forbidden to eat a nevela. So if his animal dies, then he will lose out greatly in terms of money. Firstly, he won't be able to eat the animal himself, he won't be able to sell it to other Jews to eat. And so what he would do in general, if he saw that an animal was very close to dying, is he would slaughter it as soon as he could. However, on Yom Tov, it's only permitted to slaughter animals if you need to eat it on Yom Tov itself. But over here, he wasn't going to eat any more meat. The question is, is there any way to get round this large monetary loss? an animal which is in danger of dying, is forbidden to slaughter on Yom Tov, unless there is enough time remaining in the day before Yom Tov ends, to eat from that animal the size of an olive of the meat once it has been roasted. Roasting is the quickest form of cooking, so although he wasn't planning on eating more meat, that doesn't mean he can't eat any more meat, so if there is enough time technically to eat another kazais of the meat, so then he can slaughter the animal in order to eat it that day. Now, of course, he does not need to eat the entire animal, and there does not need to be enough time to roast and eat the entire animal, because if you think about it, even if he was only going to eat a kazais, he would need to slaughter the entire animal. So the fact that there is enough time remaining to roast and to eat a kazais of meat from that animal allows one to slaughter the entire animal. Rakiva Omer Rakiva says, if we're already talking about the minimum amount, then a is chai, even if there's only enough time that he'll be able to eat a the size of an olive of raw meat from base to vichasa from the area where the animal was slaughtered. So the area on the neck where the knife actually cut the animal. So that part is easier to process. You don't need to start peeling away the skin and the hide of the animal. So even if there is only enough time to eat that part raw, since it is technically possible to do so, even though it was not necessarily commonly done, that is still enough to permit you to slaughter the animal. And we are going to understand that you don't actually have to eat the animal. It's enough that there be enough time to do so, and this would be based on the principle of Hoyil, which we learnt about earlier on in the Masechta, Hoyil Mikloile Urchem Chazile, that since there is a chance that guests might come before the end of Yom Tov, and if they would come, then he would serve them the meat. So even if he himself does not actually eat the meat, it is nevertheless permitted to slaughter the animal because of the principle of Hoyil. The second half of the Mishnah discusses any case where one slaughters an animal on Yom Tov. Shechot if somebody slaughters an animal on Yom Tov in the field. So there's some distance between there and his act in the house where he wants to bring the meat. So He may not bring the animal on a large pole or a smaller pole, which is carried by two different people, either on their shoulders or just on their hands, but the fact that it needs to be bought by two people together makes it a bigger deal, and it's more recognizable, and it's considered sort of more of a weekday activity. So in order to make a difference between Yom Tov and a weekday, he should rather bring in his hand a few limbs at a time, carrying them by hand regularly, and even though that will mean they'll have to go back to the field again to bring back the other limbs, and it might even mean more effort at the end of the day, Nevertheless, this makes a bigger difference between Yom Tov and a weekday, and so this is what should be done in order to honor the Yom Tov a bit more. Mishadalat, the halacha is that a firstborn animal must be given to a Kohen, who then brings it to the Beis HaMikdosh, offers part of it up on the Mizbeach, 
and can eat the rest. However, if that Bukhar, if that firstborn animal develops a wound, a mum, then of course it cannot be brought as a carbon, and rather it can be slaughtered as a regular animal outside of the base hamikdash. However, this wound has to be a permanent wound. If it's a wound which will just go away after two weeks, or after some time, then it is still considered to be a bukhar, which needs to be given to a coin to bring on the mizbeach. If one does find a mum, a wound, on his bukhar animal, he needs to take it to an expert, who then examines the animal, and he declares whether it is considered to be a permanent wound or not. And what happens if somebody has a bukhar, a firstborn who has a wound on it? However, the owner had not yet shown it to an expert before Yom Tov. Then came Yom Tov, and on Yom Tov, bukhar shnafala bur. The firstborn, it fell into a pit. And once it fell into the pit, it almost definitely now has a permanent wound, and there is a danger that the animal will die very soon. So again, the owner will want to slaughter it as soon as he can, so that it doesn't lose out on all of the money which he would get from being able to sell this for food. And now in terms of the wound which developed on Yom Tov itself from falling into the pit, that certainly is not enough to allow the owner to slaughter the animal now, because if when Yom Tov began, there wasn't a permanent wound on the Bukhar, then when Yom Tov began, it was forbidden to slaughter that Bukhar. It would have to be given to a Kohen, who would bring it on the Mizbeach, not on a Yom Tov, on a different day. So if when Yom Tov came in it did not have a wound, then the animal is considered to be Mukta, because at that time it was not fit to be eaten or slaughtered. The question is, what about the wound which was already there before Yom Tov began? Says the Mishnah, Yerid Mumcha Vyire, an expert should go down towards the pit, and he should examine the animal. Im Yeshbo Mum, if it has a wound, and what this means is, if the wound which the animal had already before Yom Tov began, is a permanent wound, and it is permanent not because of the fall into the pit, but the expert can tell that it was permanent even without the fall into the pit, so that means that even when Yom Tov came in, it was permitted to eat the animal. So it's not considered to be Mukta. Mukta, whether something is Mukta, is decided based on the time that Yom Tov begins, and since at that time it was permitted to just slaughter it and eat it, so the animal was never Mukta, and Yalav Yishchait, he is allowed to bring out the animal and slaughter it, of course as long as there is enough time to eat at least a Kazais of it, as we saw in the previous Mishnah. Vimlav, however, if not, if the wound which was there already at the beginning is not a permanent one, then Loyishchait, he may not slaughter it because it is Mukta. Now, the opinion of Rabbi Shimon is that there is no law of Mukta, and so in terms of the laws of Mukta, Rabbi Shimon would have allowed one to move this animal and to slaughter it, since it does not hold to the prohibition of Mukta. However, Rabbi Shimon, um, Rabbi Shimon says that it is forbidden to slaughter this animal, reason being that he argues on Rabbi Yehuda in the essence of what exactly the expert does over here. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it seems that when the expert declares and tells you that the wound is a permanent wound, he is sort of informing you that that is the case. You don't know, and you need an expert to tell you that this is the case. But that means that you know that from the beginning of Yom Tov, that was the case. That this was considered to be a permanent wound, and that from the beginning of Yom Tov, the Bukhar could have been slaughtered. You just didn't know about it. However, Shimon holds that is not the case. According to Shimon, it's the declaration of the expert itself that defines this as a Bukhar which can be slaughtered. He's not just informing you that this is the case already, but only as a result of his declaration does the Bukhar's status become 
a bechor which can be slaughtered and eaten as a regular animal. And because of that, Rabbi Shimon says that this is very similar to judging a case in court. You are changing the halachic status of something. And that cannot be done, just like it's forbidden to judge cases on Shabbos and Yom Tov. It is also forbidden to change the actual halachic status of something. And therefore says Rabbi Shimon, Any Bukhar whose wound was not recognized and had not been pronounced as a permanent wound on the during the day before Yom Tov, is not considered to be a prepared, ready animal that you would be able to slaughter, and the expert cannot pronounce it as a mumkavua, as a permanent wound on Yom Tov itself, and therefore it is still considered to be a regular bukhar, a regular firstborn animal, which must be given to a coin and offered up on the Mizbeach. Mishnah if when Shabbos or Yom Tov begins, a particular item is designated for a specific use, but then during the course of Shabbos or Yom Tov, the item changes in some way, such that the only way to use that item is in a totally different way to what it was originally designated for. So before Shabbos and Yom Tov, when Shabbos and Yom Tov came in, one did not intend in general, one did not intend or anticipate using it in that second way, and so it would be considered mukta to use it in that way. For example, let's say one has a healthy animal, so when Yontov begins, his intention is to use it to slaughter it and eat it, if anything. But then during the course of Yontov, the animal dies suddenly, and now its only use would be to feed it to the dogs. It can't be fed to people because it is a novella, an animal which died without being slaughtered properly, and is therefore forbidden to eat by Jews, but it can be fed to the dogs, and so it still does have a use. However, since that person, when Yom Tov began, did not have any intention of feeding it to the dogs, if that is the only use, then it is considered to be mukta, and he would not be able to pick it up to feed it to the dogs, because the only use which he had in mind was to slaughter it for his own eating. However, if the animal was already ill before Yom Tov began, then that person would have had the intention before Yom- when Yom Tov began, that I'm either going to slaughter it, or in the event that it will die on Yom Tov, then I have the intention of feeding it to the dogs. That would be the general intention of somebody who has an ill animal when Yom Tov begins. And therefore, if the animal does die, it does not become mukta, and he is allowed to take it and feed it to the dogs. The case under discussion in our Mishnah, although it is not stated explicitly, is an animal which was designated for the Beit HaMikdosh. And the animal was ill when Yom Tov began, and then Behemosh Shemesa, the animal died on Yom Tov, since it was designated to the Beit it cannot be fed to the dogs, even though it was ill when Yom Tov began. And therefore it has no use at all, he may not move it from its place, because it is entirely mukta. Umaisa, there was a story once happened with Shalos Rabbi Tarifan Oleha. They asked Rabbi Tarifan about this case, and also about a similar case, about Chala which became Tome. Chala is the portion of dough which one must separate and give to a Kohen. And the halacha is that if it becomes tome, then it must be burnt. So that as well, once the challah became tome, it now has no use at all, and also would not be able to be fed to the dogs, nobody can eat it, and so the nichas of Esamedrash was Sha'al, Rabbi Tarifan entered into the Esamedrash and asked about these two cases. The Omrulah and the Chachomim told Rabbi Tarifan, one may not move them from their place because they are considered mukta, since they have no use. It should be noted, by the way, that Chalowicz became Tome does technically have a use, because although it cannot be eaten, it can be burnt, it has to be burnt. However, the halacha is that the coin is allowed to benefit from the burning. Let's say he might use it to fuel his oven, he is allowed to benefit from the burning. Nevertheless, the halacha is that it is forbidden to burn holy food items like Chalowicz, 
on Yom Tov, and therefore, on Yom Tov at least there is no use for it, and it is therefore considered to be Muktzah. Mishnah Vol is forbidden to do business or business activities on Shabbos and Yom Tov, and according to most, this is Midrabanon. One reason given is in case you come to write something down, and as well as this, it is certainly not in the spirit of the Yom Tov, and it is considered to be a very much weekday activity. However, we have already seen in this Masechta that people would sometimes have their shops open on Yom Tov, because if it is not done in a business-like way, rather it's based on trust, and you don't talk about the prices at all, then it may be done. And so the focus of this Mishnah is how exactly one would be able to buy things, specifically food, on Yom Tov. Food is not the only thing which can be bought, but that was the most commonly bought thing on a Yom Tov. Says the Mishnah, People may not be counted as part of a group to begin with to buy an animal on Yom Tov. And the Gemara explains that this means that people cannot go to a shopkeeper together as part of a group, or even as an individual, and say that I'm going to take a tenth of this animal, perhaps as part of a group of another ten people, for such and such a price. As soon as you mention a price, that's already considered like business, it's no longer totally based on trust, and it is therefore forbidden on Yom Tov. But they can be counted as part of the group on that animal from before Yom Tov, and they can specify a price before Yom Tov, in which case they would be able to do the following. They would be able to slaughter it on Yom Tov, and to split the animal between them on Yom Tov. We're not concerned that during the process of splitting the animal, they will come to discuss the price, and come to weigh the amounts of meat exactly, which would also be forbidden. We trust them that they will do it in a rough way, they won't calculate things exactly, which would also be forbidden on Yom Tov. Since they anyway prepared most of it before Yom Tov, they set the price before Yom Tov, so they can do this and actually take the meat on Yom Tov itself. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, Shekel Adam Bosar Kli. A man can weigh meat on scales against a particular utensil, or or some sort of sharp knife. He can't use real weights which are designated for weighing things on scales, but again he can do it roughly by using other random items to put on the other side of the scales. One cannot use scales at all, because this is considered to be a very much weekday activity, and already indicates that this is a business transaction. According to Yehuda, the use of scales itself is not bad. That does not show that you are doing it very exactly and precisely as you would in a proper business transaction. That is only if you use exact weights. But if you use other random items, then you're already showing that this is being done in a rough way and is not business-like. That is according to Yehuda. But according to the Chachamim, it's forbidden to use scales at all.